Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey, everyone. It's me, number one Frasier fan, Anita Flores. Welcome to today's brand new episode of I'm Listening. I'm so excited for you to hear an interview I did with TV writer returning I'm Listening guest Meredith Dawson. She's absolutely delightful. But before we get to this new episode, I just wanted to let everyone know that in addition to this wonderful podcast that I do, I'm Listening, I have a new podcast coming out on November 29th. It's called Care Talkers. This is a podcast co-hosted with my friend Sandrine Etienne. It was inspired by the fact that my dad was diagnosed with dementia several years ago, and I'm a caretaker now. Sandrine, on the other hand, not only is she a caretaker for her mom, but she, I would say, does a special kind of caretaking as a social worker. And so as part of this podcast, we are bringing in experts in their fields and comedians to offer advice and share their experiences dealing with health and financial issues with some laughs along the way. So yes, this podcast is about particularly unique situations and struggles that caretakers go through, but I think it's really important as a caretaker to also take care of yourself. So we cover a wide variety of topics in this podcast including why are funerals so expensive with an absolutely delightful funeral director, Jeff Jorgensen. We have an episode about medical marijuana and its use in dementia patients. So yeah, we're covering a lot of topics. And if you like me, I think you'll like Sandrine. So keep an eye out for episode one of Care Talkers, which is dropping on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and all the other places you find your podcasts. And it would mean so much to me if you would subscribe to Care Talkers on Apple Podcasts. And I just want everyone to know, yes, I am doing this other podcast, but I am always going to love Frasier. There's definitely going to be more episodes of this podcast, so don't worry about that. And coming up next is a wonderful interview with the lovely Meredith Dawson. Welcome to I'm Listening. This is a Frasier fan podcast hosted by number one Frasier fan, me, Anita Flores. Each episode, we have a special guest, and today is no different. Today, this is, I love to do this. This is probably my third or fourth return guest on the pod, uh, you know, a true fan of Frasier. She just did her first directing job on Sex Lives of College Girls, which premieres on HBO Max on November 18th. Please welcome Meredith Dawson to the podcast. Meredith, how are you today? Woo! I'm great and I'm very tired. You're tired and I don't I don't lie. Now I'm like very openly discuss people's Instagram stories. I'm not going to pretend I didn't know. It was your birthday. Happy late birthday. Thank you. Love a Scorpio season. Love a Scorpio season. And um, also, before I talk about your birthday cake that I saw you post on Instagram, can you tell us what uh, sweatshirt are you wearing right now? I am wearing a KACL 780 talk radio sweatshirt. 
every now and then I Google Frasier merchandise just to see what's out there in the world. And I saw this and thought, oh, I gotta have it. It's time for me to get more Frasier merch. At this point, like, I won't get into the whole thing, but there was somebody that I did get a shirt from. We did have a fight. And I, and I got pissed at him. And, and so I got rid of that shirt because I was like, you know oh. what? Screw you. So now I only have one Frasier shirt. I have no sweatshirts. I have a mug. So I think you've got the right approach here. What? Uh, so it was your birthday. I saw you posted a Frasier themed birthday cake. Um, can you tell me what was the story behind this cake? It was a picture of Frasier Crane. I uh, got myself my own cake. I was in charge of that. And I went, I looked at this um, place called Cake and Art in LA and um, I was just gonna do a plain vanilla vanilla cake, just like a white cheat cake. And they said, do you want a photo? And I said, yeah, sure, I'll get a photo. And I thought like, what do I want a photo of? I absolutely did not want a photo of myself. That is insane. <laughs> I um, am single, so there's no like partner to have a photo of. And I was like, well, maybe about my dog. I'm like, well, what do I love most in this world? And obviously it's Frasier Crane. So I Googled Frasier and just found the perfect photo of Frasier looking so sad with a birthday cake. And I just saw it and knew that has to be on the cake. So um, it was great. My waiter was like, hey, what's the deal with the Fraser cake? Yeah, I've never, I'm not supposed to like ask, but what is up with it? <laughs> so I was like, you just my the love of my life. I love that. Also, I like that you, I personally like to plan all of my birthday events. Um, mm-hmm, I've never mm-hmm. like had a surprise party or whatever. Like I just go straight in and I plan everything. But I, the cake, I don't know. I, I kind of want to steal this idea if... um that's okay. Like in the future. It's being given to you. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like to do a Fraser cake. I've never done a Fraser cake or a Fraser themed party. This is a good time to reveal to everyone. Today's topic. I, I do love uh, finding like common themes in Fraser episodes. What in the past we've done an episode on this podcast about best episodes in cabins. We've done <laughs> best dinner party episodes. And finally, having a return guest, somebody who I feel is an a craniac such as myself, we are going to be counting down and are ranking our favorite episodes of Frasier that revolve around an award show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe that'll be the ep- that'll be the name of the episode. <laughs> um yes, I was a little bit I only about three episodes that revolve around award shows came to mind. Fortunately, there is a Frasier Reddit thread that is like a, a oh community. God. It's very active. Meredith, have you ever checked out the Frasier Reddit? It's been sent to me. I'm not active, but now I think I should really dive into it. I mean, I, I want to thank Reddit and this thread that I found because I was trying to find as many CB. So the uh, a lot of the award show episodes in Frasier take place around a uh, a fake award called the CBs. Um, here's the uh, fun fact from IMDb. And the whimper is, which is one of the episodes that we're going to be ranking today. This is from season one, episode 18. Marks the first appearance of the annual CBs. CB Awards and Banquet for Seattle Radio, this event will become a staple of the series during its run. I couldn't find any more info, like what is a CB? Is a CB a person? (laughs) I have no idea, but this is a big uh, award if you work in radio in the Frasier universe. So there's a Reddit thread, a a question somebody posted, how many CBs does Frasier actually win? And this person wrote down if there was a CB-related episode every season. So it was like, you know, season six, no CB episode. Season four, liar, liar, 
that was a CB episode. So thank you to Reddit for helping me nail down all of the award-related episodes. I also, uh, Meredith, I did email you earlier today to tell you I had a controversial addition to this list um, that is not CB-related. So uh, I'm curious, of all these award show episodes that I sent you, um, what are like uh, your, what's your favorite one? I'm a purist, so I love when the see the season one episode eighteen when they first introduce it, because uh, it, it's a nice way to say this is what it is, and just the the status of Fraser's hair at the time is great, um, and long as <sighs> yeah as as uh, Martin calls it, he kind of he looks like Bozo the clown. Yes, yeah, <laughs> um, but it's just great because when we get to meet that Fletcher character, and I just love how old his mom is, and the line of I, it's getting harder and harder to get on the plane every year slays me. <laughs> Also, I think I, I this is a bit of an overwhelming task and I haven't done it, but over the years of watching Frasier so many times, I think they do a great job of you of making up names for people. And the person you just referenced, Fletcher Gray, I think that's such a great fake name. And I've never heard the, the name Fletcher other than in this episode. I want to say Chevy, Chevy Chase paid Chevy Chase played the character named Fletcher, but I don't know in what. And I also be making that up. But yeah, these writers are just the best. <laughs> Fletcher Gray, it's a strong name. It's easy to see over the radio. And now Fletcher Gray, you know, that's, there's some thought into that with those consonants. It's great. And also, if you're a true craniac, you already know the plot of this episode, but I'll just throw it out there. Frazier discovers he's been nominated for a, lo- a local broadcasting award. Uh, winning it obs- uh, obsesses him until he meets an unlucky competitor for the same award. So uh, also B.B. Glazer is in this episode helping bribe people to um, get him to win this award. And it doesn't work out. My favorite uh, line slash moment in this episode is at the very, very end when um, Roz is crying about how she's never going to win a CB. And Frazier mm-hmm. says, I'm not going to leave until I see a smile on that face. And then uh, a attractive woman walks over and asks Frazier to join her for a drink. And then he ditches Raz. I thought that was a, <laughs> uh, a funny moment. Uh, it's great. You know what? There's no rules. I'm going out of order in this ranking. Ooh. Well, actually, now I don't know. Well, okay. You already told me that's your favorite episode but i'm just going to tell you that was number three on my ranking Mm. so i think i think there are some lesser known cb related episodes uh meredith i'd be curious to see if you two also kind of forgot about these so at the bottom of my ranking because i have a total (laughs) i know there's going to be some people that are pissed at me because yeah i do have non-cb related episodes in here i'm not going to tell you what they are yet but i will tell you lowest in my ranking of uh award episodes is Frasier's Edge. This is season eight, episode nine. Frasier receives the Lifetime Achievement Award from the Seattle Broadcasting Awards. Uh, Daphne is literally gaining weight by the minute, which is obvious to everyone but herself. Do you remember this episode at all? Sort of. I remember this. I remember, I very distinctly remember the Daphne storyline about gaining weight because uh, um, she was pregnant. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I'm going to be honest, you know, I, and I have been before on the show, uh, you know, that storyline is always cringy to me. I know that they were trying to explain the weight gain, um, but yeah, that was a big part of this episode. And overall, I didn't find any particularly great award moments. Some of you'll notice some of my higher rankings uh, uh, of of best award episodes kind of goes around like 
a bad speech, a mis a misunderstanding at the award mm -hmm. show. So for example, number six on my list, this is another lesser known. I actually posted not only, uh, or I posted uh, in a Fraser Crane Facebook group that has tens of thousands of members. So I knew these Holy were, shit. I knew these were my people. I, <laughs> I asked, Hey, uh, what else am I missing from my list of award show episodes? There's an episode from season 11, great name, CBGB's. Uh, and, the, and the plot of this is for once Niles is the famous one. And I love this as a plot line as media attention to Maris's case she's on trial for murder, uh, makes him and Daphne the center of Seattle's attention. There's a lot happening in this episode. Roz's sister makes an appearance who I don't know if we really see through the entire show, but I have no siblings, but I like this as a plot line as an only child, having an older sister who's like mean and says mean things to you. This is Roz's <laughs> sister who, you know, basically just takes pot shots at Raz, like, oh, your apartment is so cozy, but that's code for small. Her husband leaves her during this award show. And then Raz has to go up on stage and accept an award on someone else's behalf. And then she, after, as her sister's crying that her husband has just left her, she starts screaming, this is the best moment of my life. <laughs> and that was my favorite moment. But this episode uh, did fall low on my ranking. Um, had you seen that episode? In, the, in my original run, yeah. Anything past... Season eight is where I sort of get a little fuzzy. That's right. Um, Me too. Yeah. I'm always like, what happens? As soon as, you know, it's the kind of thing of, uh, with every story is as soon as people get together, it's so much harder to write stories. So whenever, when after mm -hmm. um, Daphne and Niall sort of got together, you're the, some of the tension goes. I'm in the same boat as you. And I'm sure that's why all of my lowest rankings on this list are from uh, season eight and above. But the good uh -huh. news is we are now at the point of uh, rankings that we are now all in season seven or earlier. So Fantastic. I'm sure, I, I think you're going to know all of these episodes. So uh, number five on my ranking is an episode called Liar Liar. This is season four, episode 10. This is a controversial pick, but I'll uh, refresh your memory, uh, Meredith, on this episode. The episode starts with the Frasier gang in Frasier's apartment after the CB Awards. And they're mm -hmm. sort of recalling what happened. They, and then Frasier and Niles end up revealing that they like lied about something bad that a bully did. And... Uh, uh, Fraser ends up visiting him in prison. I don't know if you remember that storyline mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. But yes, I did throw it in here, even though only the opening, probably the first four minutes of this episode have to do with an award show. I still I still put it in there. It still counts. At a certain point, you have to get creative of how do you keep the thread of the award show alive without doing the same repetitive thing of, oh, we've been nominated, we're going, we lost. So I think I give it extra points for the creativity of still incorporating it, but not making it the main focus of the episode. I gotcha. And actually, as as you are a writer, I'm curious, and obviously you're a fan of the show, do you feel like there's any particular, I know I've mentioned dinner, you know, there's a lot of episodes around dinner parties, around cabins, around Winnebago's, around uh, award shows. <laughs> Would you say coming from a writer's perspective that um, there's any particular situation on Frasier that you're like, this is, this is, this is my jam. This is what I love. This is, I'm trying to think how to phrase this question. Like, for example, anytime there's an episode that's just about uh, a rivalry between Niles and Frasier, I'm like, oh, I'm going to love this episode. So like, are uh -huh. there any particular kinds of plot lines or dynamics that you're like, that you really love on the show from a writer's perspective? 
Oh, absolutely. I am all about character development, like a big nerd. So anything that it has Frasier being greedy, particularly to women, is my favorite thing. There are so many episodes. I think there's one where he goes out with three women and he, and he tries to juggle hmm. them. Whenever he tries to have um, more than he has, and it's always self-sabotage, those are my favorite episodes. I just, just love them. I'm trying to think of... Um, that Aesop fable of the wolf with the big steak in its mouth and it looks in the, in the river and it sees a reflection and it sees the, like a, a bigger steak. So it drops its steak and loses it. That is Fraser Crane. I uh, agree. And you're, of course, reminding me of, I think there might be two episodes that both revolve around him having multiple dates. And like one of them, I think Sherry Martin Crane's a girlfriend at the time keeps popping in because she's having a fight with Martin and actually they break up temporarily, but he has three different dates and he's got the same setup for all of them, which I think was really funny. He's got the same music. Yep. He's got the same toast. He's got the same angle that he admires their butt um, as they look out at the Seattle skyline. So yes, uh, I, I agree. I think every time I almost actually wanted to do an episode and then forgot that I already did it. I wanted to do an episode with you uh, <laughs> about Frasier, and I was going to call it Frasier's Best Gals, uh, just talking <laughs> about favorite girlfriends. Um, and then I looked back at my catalog and saw I did that episode. That was episode one. <laughs> but I am curious, before we get back to this list, two questions for you. Do you have a favorite gal for Frasier? Like somebody he dated on the show that you think was a good match for him that you liked? Oh, good match. No, they're all too good for him. But one of my favorites, uh, I'm forgetting who I want to say it was, I don't know if it was Faye, but it was, it was the, it was the artist yeah. who cut her hair off mid hookup and then howled at the moon. I don't think that was Faye though. It wasn't, but they had similar hair. I of course know what you're yes. talking about. That yes. was, that I did was, love yeah. Faye though. She I I think, was Faye. his perfect match. I also liked Faye. I thought Faye could have been my favorite, but I would say Kate Costas was probably my favorite. Oh, but yeah. she had a cat. She had a cat. Um, she was a station manager. I loved all their like fights slash makeouts that they would have in her office. Um, Dirty girl. I, I do like Frasier with a strong woman. I do. Yes. Since he's such a pain in the ass. Yes. And also this is unrelated to everything, but I would... <laughs> I should have asked you this at the beginning. Can you tell me a little bit about your first directing job, Sex Lives of College Girls, that you sure. directed that's premiering on HBO Max? Like, I know it's called Sex Lives of College Girls. I'm guessing perhaps there's that, that's what it's about. But tell me more, please. It is. Uh, so it's created by Mindy Kaling and Justin Noble. And it, it's essentially four very different women and it's their freshman year of college who are all coming from different socioeconomic statuses, different parts of the country, different beliefs. They're all roommates together and it's sort of exploring their freshman year of college, which I think is a pivotal time. And so I think Mindy is one of the best writers for the female friendship and for the female mindset. Um, and so it explores that interpersonal life when you're figuring out who you are and what you want, which is kind of great. And so for directing, um, I, uh, they need an episode director and I have a good, I have good representation. And so they put me up for it. And we, I met with, um, obviously I knew Mindy and I met with Justin and, um, Mindy's executive, Jessica. And so got the job was on set. We shot it in May. Uh, it was a great, it was a great experience. Very nice crew and cast. And of course, when you have good writing, it makes directing much easier. 
That's awesome. Uh, congratulations. Yeah. I, I obviously, uh, I'm, I'm in a slightly different field than you. And so my, the most recent thing I've seen, uh, watching somebody direct, uh, I am currently watching Dawson's Creek for the first time. I, I, did you Ooh. ever see Dawson's Creek? Like at all? Like, no, ever? but I should because of my last name. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'd watch a show that had my name in it. Maybe it depends. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, in the show, I, I I won't ruin it for you, but I'll just say that Dawson, maybe this would interest you, in the show, the main character is a mm-hmm. huge film person. And so so he starts working in film much later in the show. And there's an episode where, so I'm curious if this is true. I'm basing this on Dawson's Creek, but based <laughs> on um, Dawson's Creek version of Hollywood, Hollywood's a tough place and you need to be kind of like a, a shithead as a director and at, nobody was taking Dawson seriously. So an exec showed up and said, Dawson, you better fix your mistakes or you're off the project. And then um, he makes a speech where he yells at everyone and he goes, you're fired. Anyone else got a problem with me? Good. And then he sits, sits in his chair and then everyone's like, you're doing a really great job. Like you yelled at everyone, like really good job. Great. So I'm curious because I don't get, like a, I get a friendly vibe from you, <laughs> but I am curious, like when you're directing, does it involve like my worst fear is having to be anyone's boss and telling them what to do. What, what, what was that process like? <laughs> you would not like directing them. Well, here's my, to, to answer your question with the question, was he directing an episode of TV or is he doing a movie? Cause they, they have different jobs. He was doing a movie. Oh, okay. So on a film, the director is, as they say, the director is king slash queen. Um, you are in charge of everything. People are flying questions at you. In TV, the writer is the person who is who is more uh, the king, essentially, and the director is trying to um, get the writer's vision across. But in the film, it's more of what the director sees. So, uh, yes, interestingly enough, all the decisions being made are the director, and you can't be, like, goofy. You have to be taken seriously. I've, I've realized that the writer hat that I wear where you can be like, fart joke, fart joke, fart joke, does not work as a director. You have to be mm. a, more of a leader. You are who people look to to answer questions to do their job. And so if they don't take you seriously, it feels, um, it is hard to get things moving. I'm trying to think of a good metaphor, but I <laughs> cannot. All right. So it <laughs> seems like, I mean, not to, to pressure anyone to follow you on Instagram, but I do enjoy following you on Instagram. You know, it, it it's, it's a, a fun, light vibe. So I imagine, and I feel <laughs> I'm the same way, but then I have to be professional at work. Um, yes. So I think that would be hard for me to fight the urge to want people to like me and, you know, just have to be a boss. Now, let me ask you this. Now that you've directed, you know, you've directed a show, do you feel like, you know, we're hearing rumbles and I think this is going to continue. Is there going to be more Frasier in the future? Is a revival coming? Was Is that a job you would take, directing an episode? Multicam interests me. So I would say yes in a heartbeat just to work with what I assume would be the cast involved. Mm. Um, I would never say no to that. I'm very interested to see if the show comes through because I have a feeling that Kelsey will only do it if it is perfect. And it is mm. hard to create perfect television in 2021. So we'll see. I know that there have been rumors of it. I think they're working on it now. Um, yeah. I mean, yes, I would work on that in a heartbeat. Okay. Everyone, are you listening? As I know the industry, uh, anyone involved in the show Frasier listens to this podcast. So yeah, I think you would make a great addition. 
writer, director, both. Uh, that's what's been exciting about doing this podcast is mostly any rumors I hear are from people that I have on this show. Like when, Rachel Bloom, like when Rachel Bloom was on, she mentioned something about like, oh yeah, they were looking for writers or something. So really, I'm just going to have to keep checking in with you um, and other TV writers uh, just to know, is this really happening? But fingers crossed. We'll let you know. Fingers crossed. I do know at a certain point they were like maybe taking meetings and I know a friend of a friend is an exec on the show. So I know it is in development that mm. I do know. I well, it's stage though. Meredith, I did have Perry Gilpin on, um, you know. I have her email address. Mm -hmm. Like, if you want me to hit her up and say, I know somebody who would be, I think we should get her involved in the show. I'll CC you. Great. Perfect. Okay, great. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores. And it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of the 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so uh, back to this list. We left off on number four of best ranking uh, award show episodes or episodes at Frasier that revolve around an award show plotline. Uh, so season five, episode 18 called Bad Dog. Bulldog inadvertently spills coffee on a gunman, hold, um, a gunman holding the cafe hostage. It makes him a local hero. But Frazier was at the right place, right time, sees that, uh, no, Bulldog was not protecting pregnant Roz. He was actually using her as a human shield <laughs> to protect himself from the gunman. And then the rest of this episode kind of revolves around this, uh, around Bulldog is going to receive a man of the year award at the CBs uh, for his heroism. And this absolutely drives Frasier crazy. Uh, how does this rank on your list of award show episodes, Meredith? I would say it's up there. It is up there because it incorporates the, again, it incorporates the award show without making the central thing. And they introduce a new facet of it. Again, 
always getting points for taking something you know and elevating it. So we have the CVs and now we introduce this new award, Man of the Year, which we've never heard of before. So creativity points, a thousand. <laughs> um, and it, it just feels like this is a great episode where they work backwards, where they go, okay, let's do an award show, best man award. What would make you the worst man possible? And then you come up with this. That's how I would have written it, I think. Yeah. I like when Frazier gets obsessed with something. And yes. in this case, he's like, it, it kind of actually reminds me also, is this a fun fact? There are multiple episodes where Frazier gets pranked um, on by uh, Carlos and the chicken. And then there's a different episode where Bulldog keeps pranking him. Mm -hmm. In the episode with Carlos and the chicken, he ends up coming in and trying to read uh, La Roche Foucault. I don't know who that is, but maybe a real French poet. But he's like, I must set them straight that them pulling pranks on me is wrong. And in this episode, he's like, I can't live with this. The idea that Bulldog is going to get away with this. It's like it's like a, a hit to his morals or something. Like he gets so mm -hmm. deeply affected by it. And uh, I wrote down that my favorite moment of this episode is when Martin at the award show says, look, someone's got a gun. And then uh, Bulldog uses his mom or someone else as a shield, revealing him as a fraud. And then Frazier says, thanks, dad. And Martin says, I just wanted you to shut up. I thought that was a really <laughs> nice moment. It's a beautiful testament to their relationship. And also I love when Martin is just quietly floating along and then comes in and does what Martin does best to just get the job done, I would say. Yes. Rest in peace. He's really, I, uh, I think, a good moral compass. And actually, listeners, originally I had intended to, an, to do an episode with Meredith about fashions of Frasier. I did mm. decide to change my mind. I'm not really a fashion person. And as much as I thought that wouldn't be a factor, I was like, I don't have any fun, interesting facts or thoughts on the fashions. But I will say, through all my trying to think of hot takes on Fraser fashions, one thing I noticed never changed, and that was Martin's aesthetic and the clothes that he wore. It was very like, oh, it's Martin. You know, he's wearing that flannel shirt. Uh, and those khakis and sneakers. And I like that about it. Mm -hmm. Easy for the co uh, the costume department. You also could explore <laughs> the um, use of the double-breasted suit on Niles and the transition away from that as they got later on. Yes, I agree. I feel like um, the suits definitely got better fitted as the show went on. Yes. They felt, they felt yes. comically large. The, the pads were just so angular and um, Niles was just so frail at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this brings us to, okay, that was number four. Okay, number three in my ranking is, I mean, I, we already went over this, but this was number three and the whimper is season one, episode mm -hmm. 18. Uh, for, yeah, he's been nominated for a CB. Uh, yeah, this was number three. And that's because my number two is a bit of a controversial choice uh, that I sent Meredith. My number two ranking episode revolving around an award show is a, uh, this episode is called The Botched Language of, of the Cranes. This is season two, episode six. When an on-air gaffe tarnishes Fraser's public image, he tries to rebuild it by emceeing a charity event. Do you remember this episode, Meredith? Yes, a little bit, yes. Yeah, okay. Oh, yes, it says Fraser. There's there's more to this on IMDb. Because I'll be honest, today I was uh, kind of fast-forwarding to my favorite moments from my favorite award show episodes. So I'll tell you what my, I'll reveal my favorite moment of the episode, but first I'll just give you, give you some more of the storyline. Frazier faces a flood of negative feedback 
from almost all of Seattle when he prescribes a sunnier climate for a depressed listener. I forgot about that. To smooth things over, I love that this is his biggest controversy, at least right now, uh, on the show. Uh, to smooth things over, Roz convinces him to seek, re- uh, seek redemption as the keynote speaker at the annual benefit for St. Bart's Hospital, where Fraser makes an, a quote-unquote unholy mess talking before the clergy. So this is leading up to my favorite uh, episode, uh, scene uh, from the show, or from this episode, where basically he has to give a speech. This, you know, this is an event revolving around nuns and priests and bishops. And he's about to uh, do his speech. And he's in the bathroom when somebody makes an announcement that the bishop is lost at sea. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, Fraser proceeds to make a lot of terrible jokes that involve oceans, uh, the Titanic. And then Raz stands up and says, Frazier, the bishop is lost at sea. And then he thinks that's part of the joke and it just gets worse from there. Self-sabotage. It's always, it's always delicious. Love is self-sabotage. Okay. You thought that was controversial, Meredith. I actually have two episodes tying for my <gasps> number one. Two? Two. <laughs> Buckle up. So my number one, I don't think this is controversial. My number one choice uh, for my favorite award show themed episode is called Someone to Watch Over Me. This is season two, episode 19. Frazier becomes increasingly paranoid when it appears that one of his callers is stalking him. He hires a bodyguard to accompany him to the infamous CB Awards. So this was one of my favorite episodes because, and this is my hot take, uh, 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 implied, I think. I think Frazier likes having a stalker. Of course, his ego. He loves <laughs> it. And even at his most heightened, frightened state, I just think he's loving it. Um, yeah. What are, what are your thoughts on this episode? I think it was great. Anytime. I also love an episode where there is a common uh, denominator between our whole cast and everyone gets to, everyone gets to be the character and have their thought on it. So having this stalker, like everybody has a certain thought on her and how to stop her and how to protect her. And, and Martin with the female bodyguard is amazing. So I love <laughs> that central thing where we all have one game plan in mind and everybody is interfering in their own specific way. So I love that especially. And just the twist of her just being like a sweet older woman, you're just, oh, it's just adorable. <laughs> yes. And Fraser has blown it out of proportion. And I think he's into it. Like, I think my favorite part is when he freaks out and he goes, I'm going to the lobby, everyone. As in like, <laughs> come and get me stalker. And then he goes to the lobby and shouts, well, I'm here. Come and get me. <laughs> I loved that. And then he ends up uh, ken- uh, 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 catching the attention of some hooligans that are hanging out in the garage, the, the garage uh, that just hear him saying, come and get me like I want to fight you. And yes, in the end, you never get to see him react, but I would have loved to see his disappointment finding out that it's he's just there's just this sweet older woman that like wanted to give him a scarf and didn't want to kill him. Oh, her little red scarf, red scarves. It was red, right? It was. Yeah. Or red, red scarves, red Red dress. dress. Okay. Okay. He thinks the bodyguard is the stalker at one point. He thinks a woman who was on the committee of the Seabees is his stalker. I also like the little gag where bulldog is attracted to, uh, the bodyguard and then she like mm-hmm. gets him in a hold and he's you know he's into it it tracks it all tracks it all tracks okay so this brings me to my second pick for number one <laughs> and 
technically it doesn't revolve around an award show, uh, but this <laughs> is season five, episode five, the 1000th show. And I just learned this today from IMDb. This is to me the fun fact, which is, I think I knew this. This is the only episode to actually be filmed in Seattle. However, mm, mm-hmm, I did mm-hmm. not know it was filmed on location in Seattle, Washington on the real Fraser Crane Day, September 11th, 1997. Amazing. Just phenomenal. I didn't realize um, that it was a real thing. And I don't know if this was just included, I think on every app that I've watched this episode on, because it's moved around. Now it's like on mm-hmm. Peacock and it's on Hulu. But uh, at one point, I remember they showed in the credits, Kelsey Grammer and a band I, I yeah, you know where I'm going yeah, with this. It's haunting now. Uh, it's it's him singing uh, "Toss Salad and Scrambled Eggs." You know, crawls across the screen. September 11th, uh, Fraser Crane Day. But now it's 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 special to think. I thought that was just for this episode, but it was like he was performing at Fraser Crane Day, and I thought that was great. I my, my biggest regret is being seven years old and seven years old then and not being able to go. Oh, <laughs> that's. <laughs> Oh man. Yes. I would, uh, maybe one day I will go to Seattle for Fraser Crane day. Although I feel like that's yeah. weird. Cause now it's September 11th. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll go on a different yeah, day. Yeah. We can move it. We can move it September for just 12th. like crane day. And it's like two days later. Exactly. Uh, do you remember this episode very well? Yes. I remember the limo driver, the shoes. Um, how about being chased by the little girl? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Uh, and Niles had his, I would say had his wallet stolen maybe. Yes. They get robbed. Robbed. They get robbed and then take some change from a man who's like a blind man who I think is playing the saxophone. And then I think they get chased either by some Girl Scouts or some young ladies uh, in school. Yeah. It was um, very strange. This will always be, and and that's what's so weird is like the reason it's strange to me is because it's in Seattle as in it's not in his apartment. It took me years, honestly, to figure out that the episode was actually in Seattle. Like I never thought about it, but I assume, I don't know if you might know the answer to this, that the show was generally filmed in LA. Uh, 100% on a studio, I want to say. Yeah, in LA, filmed in a studio, absolutely. There are like a few episodes where they went, um, where they went to a location. I want to say actually the last episode we're in the garage. That definitely was like on a location, but for definitely always on the, on the set. Uh, and also, I'll just say, yes, I did pick this episode and count it as an, an award show plot episode because this is a huge honor for Frazier. He's, mm-hmm. uh, there's a huge thing happening for him at the Space Needle. You know, also, I like that a lot of the episode is just him and Niles uh, trying to make it there together. A little bit mm-hmm. of a buddy comedy, but also, you know, the fact that Niles is like, I'm jealous of you. And they sort of kind of confront that. They talk about it. And then it was, I don't know. I, I thought it was nice that he ends up helping the, like the driver, like he ends up getting, finally, he leaves Niles behind because of course, he, he, has ca- to. he got a cab. Some of it doesn't add up completely. Cause I'm like, oh wow, you ditched your brother. Who's now behind with no wallet, no shoes. I don't think you've gotten, you've hitched a ride to your award ceremony. And then out of the goodness of your heart, you ditch your own ceremony just to help this man who's going through a difficult time in his personal life. 
Does that track for you, that sort of decision that was made in this episode? Yes, because uh, I, I think that the core of Frasier is always the morality of things, and it's a lot of um, me versus what I can do for people. So I think the idea of him wanting to go to this day for himself is important until his ability to help somebody comes in and use like his gifts. So that does track. I think at any chance he has a time to be a good therapist, he will always choose that, I think, in the end. That's true. Actually, that makes me think of, uh, I'd say, a, a favorite episode when he and B.B. Glazer take over a morning talk show and Frazier almost does it, but then he's like, no, I care about therapy. I don't need to be on television. So you're yes. right. He does take his uh, his therapy career very seriously. So that uh, was ranking of best award show theme plot plot related episodes uh, of Frasier. Meredith, thank you so much for joining and congratulations on your directing debut. I can't wait to watch and also, you know, throw your name around uh, with the various <laughs> people I know in the industry, Perry Gilpin, to yep. try and mm -hmm. let's, let's get you on that show. I know you said you have good representation. Well, I don't Best. know if the show is happening even, but... Uh, <laughs> I also have a fun fact for you. Yes, no, go ahead. Are you aware of why the 1,000th episode is so special to the Fraser Crane series? To the Fraser series? I don't know. No, maybe not. It is the literal 100th episode of television of Fraser, and why that's a big deal is because usually when you make a deal for television, when you get to 100, that's when you start to do syndication. So 100 is always like the goal, and it's always a very big deal to get to 100. So that is also why this is so special and why they had the money to move it to, uh, to Seattle. Fun fact. Wow. So, okay. Do you know then if Fraser Crane Day, was that created because it was the 100th episode? Probably. Like, I, I doubt there was more than one. This is probably the first Fraser Crane Day, I assume. So yeah. it was probably created for this, the 100th episode, I would imagine. I love that. Thank you yeah. for that fun fact. And with that fun fact, Thank you once again, Meredith, uh, for joining. I'm listening. I uh, would love to have you back. And until next time, good night, Seattle. <laughs>